Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. This week, I thought I'd answer a question that a listener sent in to me via email. This one comes in from Renisha and she wrote, I just started listening to your podcast and now it's the only thing I listen to. I have a question about Roth IRAs. So my spouse and I file married but separate on our taxes. And because of this, technically, we cannot contribute to our Roth IRA since we make more than $10,000. Is there any way around this? We only file separate so I can have a lower income for my student loans. Please help. I really want to contribute but don't want to be penalized. Well, first, I want to say thanks to Renisha for sending in that great question. And there were a good amount of terms in that question that I wanted to break down for those of you who might not have been familiar with what those terms mean before we hop into the question itself. Uh, So first of all, IRA. An IRA is an individual retirement account, and this is just an account where you put money into and then you select some investments and you just let it sit there until you retire. It's very similar to a a 401k or a 403b, uh, just with different restrictions on the amount you can put into the plan. A Roth IRA is just a specific type of IRA, and the Roth part of that refers to how the taxes are handled with this type of account. So with a Roth IRA, you put your money in after you've already been taxed, and the benefit to you is that when you go to pull that money out, when you're ready to retire, you take it out completely tax-free. So you don't pay federal tax, state, Social Security, Medicare, none of that. You pull it out, and what you pull out, you basically get to keep, which is a really nice incentive. So it makes sense why Renisha wants to put her money into one of these accounts. Also, she mentioned her tax filing status as married filing separately. And so there are three primary filing statuses that you can select when you file your taxes. I mean, really, there's four. The fourth one is head of household, but it's not as common. So I'm not going to really dive into that. I'm just going to talk about the three main ones here. So if you file single, it's really self-explanatory. That means you're just filing as a single person. It's just you, your income. That's all that's being considered when you send in your tax forms to the IRS. There's two different types of filing statuses for a married couple. So there's married filing jointly and there's married filing separately. And so married filing jointly, that means all your income's coming together and is going to be put into one tax filing. So you and your spouse, whatever you make, you put it together on one tax form and that's what the IRS sees and that's how they tax you based off of your combined income. But you can also choose to file married filing separately. And so what happens is it treats you as two separate individuals. You each prepare and submit your own tax forms, but you still have to acknowledge that you're married uh, because they obviously know that you're legally married. And this type of tax status comes with its own set of restrictions. Uh, They're a little bit different than if you were filing single or if you were filing married jointly. But there's also some benefits to choosing this filing status, which in Renisha's case, she's utilizing because it sounds like she's doing some type of income based repayment for student loans. And so what this means is that her payments or student loan payments are based on the amount of money she makes. And the way that they verify this is by looking at your tax returns. And so by filing married, filing separately, the income based repayments are based just solely on her, her income and it doesn't take her spouse's income into consideration, which can be very helpful, especially considering how high some of these student loan payments can be. But one downside of choosing this filing status is that it essentially eliminates your ability to contribute into a Roth IRA if your income is greater than $10,000. Well, specifically, if your modified adjusted gross income is more than $10,000. I definitely don't have enough time to dive into what that is on this episode, Uh, but I think Renisha's pretty sure that her modified adjusted gross income is uh, greater than $10,000. But for Renisha, 
filing separately does unfortunately put you in a tough position because the rules are pretty set when it comes to contributing to a Roth IRA or even your ability to deduct contributions to a traditional IRA when you choose to file your taxes under the married filing separately status. My follow-up question would be, do you have a work retirement plan available? And if so, have you checked to see if they have any Roth versions of either a 401k, 457, 403b plans available? Because if the answer is yes, then this is by far the easiest route to be able to contribute to a Roth retirement account. Uh, Oftentimes, employers don't do a great job of publicizing the fact that, hey, we have both traditional and Roth versions of our 401ks and other retirement plans. And so if that's available to you, this is a good way to get around that that issue with the IRA because those same rules don't apply to work sponsored plans. But if this is not an option for you, all is not lost because there is a potential additional way for you to get your money into a Roth IRA, even given the circumstances that we've talked about. So after a quick break, I'll discuss one more option that Bernicia might have. I know it's hard to believe, but it's that time of year again. Time to get ready for tax season. And look, if me just saying that takes your anxiety to 11, no, you aren't alone. There are a few things that I truly hate more than doing my own taxes. But that's when I reach out for help. H&R Block is not only bringing you today's bag of popcorn, but they're also bringing you the help you need this tax season. H&R Block's experienced tax pros have an average of 10 years of experience to help you navigate a complex tax system. Plus, H&R Block guarantees your maximum refund and 100% accuracy. You can get things started however works best for you. You can visit an office and meet with a tax pro face-to-face, connect virtually via phone, video, or chat, or a hybrid of the two. With or without the office visit, H&R Block Tax Pros can help you get your taxes done. So to learn more and get the tax help you need, click the link in the show notes or head to popcornfinance.com slash hrblock for 20% off your online filing. Again, that's popcornfinance.com slash hrblock or go to the link in the show notes for 20% off your online filing. Okay, so what is the option that would allow Renisha to be able to contribute to a Roth IRA even though her income and tax filing status don't allow her to? So she might be able to use a process called a backdoor Roth. And this can all get pretty complicated and there are some very, very strict rules that you have to follow in order to do this whole process correctly. And, you know, definitely make sure you're avoiding getting in any trouble with the IRS because, you know, you don't want to do that. But the backdoor Roth is completely legal. You just got to be very careful in the way you implement this. So a backdoor Roth, even as sketchy as that sounds, is basically where you contribute money into a traditional IRA. And then you convert or transfer those funds into a Roth IRA. And so this allows an individual to get the funds into a Roth IRA, even though you typically wouldn't qualify at all. And I know this doesn't really make any sense at all. It's like, why would they allow you to do this? Even though we just said you can't do this. Like, why why is there this workaround? You know, I didn't look up the reason why. Maybe I'll do that on a future episode, but... I'm just pretty certain it's because someone rich wanted to be able to do this. That's normally the answer to a lot of these these situations. But regardless of the reason why this exists, this is a completely legal workaround. Now, I would strongly, I mean, if I could bold, you can't really bold the words as you speak them. But just imagine me saying strongly and really bold font. I would strongly recommend that you speak with an accountant before attempting to do this backdoor Roth, because like I said, it can get very messy and there are some very specific rules that you must follow in order to do this correctly. Like for example, 
You can't have any traditional IRAs with balances sitting around when you start this process because it could trigger additional taxes and get really messy and expensive. So you want to make sure you've had someone look at your specific situation, cross all your T's, dotted all your I's before you attempt to do something like a backdoor Roth, because you just want to make sure that this isn't going to cause you more headaches in the future. So thanks again to Renisha for sending in this really great question. You can be like Renisha and have your question answered here on the podcast by sending me an email to questions at popcornfinance.com. I have a little bit of a backlog of questions right now, but I will definitely add yours to the list and uh, a top secret way, you know, if you if you want to jump ahead to the front of the line is to send me a voice message. I haven't really had one on the show in a while. So it'd be great to have your voice added to the podcast. You can leave me a message by calling 707-200-8259 and just leave me a voicemail there. You can also go to the, the website, popcornfinance.com and have a little voicemail thing on, on the website where you can just talk directly into your phone and leave me a message as well. And as always, you can connect with me on Instagram. Just search for popcorn finance podcast and you can find me there. And the last thing I want to say before I get out of here, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned a giveaway. I was giving away a couple copies of Wallet Activism, which was written by a good friend and past guest, Tanya Hester. I'll be announcing the winners of that giveaway on next week's episode. So if you're not already following and subscribed to the podcast, make sure you go do that. So that way you can hear if you are one of the winners. As always, I appreciate you joining me here for yet another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy keep it poppin' like Mary Poppins.